Okay. Page Again, on the very bottom, on the bottom of the page, the page 213 in the English Hebrew on the top is 114, and we're at the beginning of the page, the first words, Avol Beli Yira Klal. To review very quickly, we've been talking in this parak that there is a number of different levels of Yira Hashem, um, different levels, and he, he basically told us that there has to be some level of Yira, some level of fear of Hashem that has to precede our doing a mitzvah, Right? We can't just do mitzvahs because we're buddy buddies. We love Hashem and it's it's great. It's a good feeling. It makes me happy. It makes me feel good. There has to be a basic level of yiras shemayim. And he talked about different levels of it, of whether I actually feel it in my heart, like a fear and trepidation, or at least in my mind I'm thinking about it. Or even he says, like Rabbi Yochanan Mezach, I told his disciples before he passed away, you should fear Hashem at least as much as you fear another person in the room. And Rabbi Yochanan Mezach, explained to his disciples, he says, we act differently when someone else is in the room, right? Not, we're not afraid of them necessarily, they're not going to hurt us, but there is a basic sense of respect. So you see, Rabbi Yochanan Bezaka said at the very least, Hashem should be just an entity that's there, that because of Hashem's being there, we act in a certain respectful manner. So whichever level of Yiras Shemayim one is able to muster, so to speak, so it's great, but there's got to be some level of Yiras. And here he finishes off the conversation. Again, I'm starting from the top line. It says, But if someone were to serve Hashem without any yira at all, there's no, no fear component. It's only love. I love Hashem and I want to connect to Him, so I want to do what He wants. And he says, Lo parcha That's a Zohar quote, that the Torah will, the mitzvahs that we perform will not, the word parcha means to fly in Aramaic, will not fly heavenward, ba'ahava levada, if, it, if there's only love behind the mitzvah. Just like a bird needs two wings to fly, and cannot fly with only one wing, because fear and love, and that's again Aramaic, are like the two wings of the bird, as written in Tikkunim, which is a part of the Zohar by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. So this is the basic idea. He says, just having a comfortable, friendly, loving relationship with Hashem is only half the story. It's not enough for my mitzvahs to soar heavenward, to be, to be spiritual the way they should be. There has to be some level of yira. And as we explained in the past, that yira doesn't, doesn't mean fear that Hashem is going to hit me. Yira means a, a concept of to submit to a higher um, to Hashem. That there's something bigger than me, greater than me, that I submit to Him. And that is Yira versus Ava, which is a close and connected feeling. Now, now he turns the coin and says, okay, love alone is not enough. There has to be Yira Shemayim. But fear is also not enough. Yira Shemayim is also not enough. We need Ava Hashem. And that's always going to be the two sides of the coin. Love is not enough. There has to be a basic commitment of Yiras Shemayim. And Yiras Shemayim is not enough. A person has to evoke or awaken a feeling of love for Hashem and desire to connect. And that's what he turns around and says after the brackets. V'chein ha'yira levada hikonof echod. Fear alone is also only one wing. parcha And therefore, if one's service to Hashem is only out of fear of Hashem, there again, the mitzvahs won't soar, won't fly heavenward. Af shenikra eved, 
even though when one is serving out of fear, it's called, I'm serving like a servant to Hashem. One has to also feel like a child. Now, just like there's an Eved, right? We, today we um, we had Avinu Malkeinu, right? Because it was a fast day. So we say, Avinu Malkeinu. We relate to Hashem that he's our father. That's a loving relationship. Malkeinu is a king. That's a fear relationship. So he says there has to be both. There also has to be the level of child, being feeling like we're a child to Hashem. To awaken to awaken at least the natural love that one has in their neshama and their soul to Hashem. That's hidden within the heart of a yid. At least to reveal it in the mind. Meaning, even if one may not have that level of such extreme avas Hashem, such extreme love for Hashem, like you know, flowing out of their heart, like some of the great tzaddikim, but at least in my mind, to think about it, to think about that connection that I want to have to Hashem. As he says, that one should remind themselves of their ava, their love for Hashem, in their minds, and in their will, in their desire, to connect to Hashem. That a person has to awaken that feeling that Hashem is Hashem, is the creator, and he's the loving creator, and gives me everything I have, and I want to be connected. And therefore that then becomes the person's kavana, the person's intention. As they're involved in this study of Torah, or in the performance of a mitzvah, to connect to Hashem, our godly soul, and our vital soul, and their garments, the thought, speech, and deed, as explained earlier in the earlier chapters. So this is the two sides of the coin, and Tanya tells us that they're both necessary. We have to actively always think about both. Now, that doesn't mean every minute, but when we daven, we have plenty of opportunity to think about Hashem and our relationship to Hashem, and we have to think on both sides of the coin, that Hashem is a melech, Hashem is a king, we submit to His will, and that Hashem is a loving Father, and that we love and want to connect and feel closer to Him. And as we said, when it comes to fear, that there's a million levels in it of how much does one feel. Whenever we talk about feelings, feelings are very unique to each person individually. But that's the difference between the physicality of mitzvahs and the feelings of mitzvahs. The physical action part of mitzvahs are all the same. right? All of us, we're the same tefillin, basically. Uh, the greatest tzaddik and the simplest person can buy the same pair of tefillin and put them on. The act of the mitzvah is universal, is uniform. The feelings, every person feels differently. And some people, their feelings are more uh, revealed, and they feel them more, and they're more uh, expressive, and some are less. And I think I shared with you a story of Rav Levi Yitzchak Bar-Ditshever. You went to the Bar-Ditshever's caver? Mm-hmm. There, right? um, you didn't. And I think we just have we, we, to give him a better price on the trip. Give him a better price on the trip, and uh, he'll, you'll, you'll see. But anyhow, so what? Can. You can't. Why can't you? Okay. You're a coin. I, I, I relate to that feeling. I am as well. How'd you go? I didn't. <laughs> I'm with you and Noah. Anyhow, but for different reasons. Point is, Reblavius Ravidshiver is known as one of the great Sadiqim. One of the things he was known for, if I'll ask you, what was ever known for? What commonly comes to mind? Um, I would say he would, he would fight for the people. Like an advocate to the Jewish people, always advocating and always 
saying they're mindless and so on, and that's true, but I was thinking what you were going to say, and that is he was very, very passionate. He was very passionate in, in his avodah, and there's many stories that describe his intense passion. Some of them are comical even. Like like he was up all night to to, uh, to shake the asterisk at the crack of dawn, and he was dancing when he did it, and, and he broke it, and he made a bustle. He just couldn't he couldn't contain himself. And he was known to have tremendous, tremendous passion as Avedis Hashem. Now, another great tzaddik of the time was Rav Baruch of Mezhibush. Rav Baruch of Mezhibush was the grandson of the Baal Shem Tov. Straight grandson. But he was very calculated and thought out and disciplined, so his avoda was very different than the Bardit Right, whereas the Bardichev was always dancing and, and, and this, uh, when he would daven, the Bardichev would scream and he would jump and he would lose himself. And Rabbi Rechemesh was very calculated, very exact, and everything was with, with tremendous discipline. So much so that the Bardichev wanted to visit Mezhibush to go see his colleague. But Rabbi Rechemesh asked that he shouldn't come. He says, we do things differently. And you know, you're going to come and you're going to do your avodah and it's not going to work. We're, we're going to clash. And he wanted to avoid the clash. But the Bardishaver really wanted to spend a Shabbos in Mezhibosh, and he says he promises he's going to be on his best behavior. He's not going to be passionate. He's not going to dance. He's not going to sing. He's going to, how do you say, he's going to control himself. So, okay, the Bardishaver says, so he came for Shabbos to Mezhibosh. And he, they spent a Shabbos and Friday night. Everything was going well. Davening, everyone was watching. What, how is this going to play itself out? The Bardishaver was contained. He didn't dance. He didn't scream. He didn't sing. He just davened. And everything was going well in the meal. We were sitting by the meal, the tish, whatever it was. And everything was good until um, it seems that they served the food to the sadikim, And then the shamash, or the gabai, comes to the bardit and he says, um, do you like uh, salt and pepper? And the bardit lost it. He says, like salt and pepper? I love Hashem. I love Shabbos. And he jumps up. And he starts screaming about his love for Hashem takes the whole tablecloth and pulls it off. All the food goes flying on Rav Baruch of Mezhibush, who was worried exactly about this. And the Hasidim didn't know what to do. And Rav Baruch Mezhibush smiled. And he says, you know, it's okay. And then he tells them, he says, I don't want you to wash these, these Shabbos clothing that have all the food that came off the table because of the Bardishiver's passion for his love for Hashem. I want to keep that. I want to keep that in my closet. For, But that was the mice. My question is, I don't know exactly the shot. The way I understood it is when you talk about loving something and the love is for salt and pepper and he lost it. Right? The love is for salt and pepper. A person like the Bardichir, it's a different world altogether. You know, the Bardichir, as we know, is a very close colleague of the Balatanya and ultimately their grandchildren married by one of the greatest chasanas of the time in Europe was the, the chasan of the grandchildren of these two great tzaddikim, the Balatani and the Bardit Shiver. And there's a lot of stories, a book written about that chasan. It was in a place called Zhlobin, of all places. But, you know, had, according to the writings, there's at least 10,000 chasidim that converged and this, this great chasan of the generation. Okay, be that as it may, back here. So the, my point of telling the story is, of course, he had the level of Ava, the Bardit Shiver, of love for Hashem, just the tremendous passion and love. That's, that's why he was the Bardit Shiver, right? We're not. But nevertheless, some love. We say it every morning in Domini, we have to work on not only doing the right things, but having a feeling in our Avodah. And that's basic Avas Hashem. So let's go back. Let's go further. Um, I'm holding by the period, about 10 lines down. Here he says, a very, he's going to say and introduce a very interesting point. When we talk about, you know, I'm going to give a short introduction and we'll read it inside. 
When we talk about I love Hashem, so I want to connect to Him. So on a simple level, it's I love Hashem, so I want to be connected. But there's something beyond that also. And that is every time we do a mitzvah, we're not just connecting ourselves to Hashem. What are we connecting to Hashem when we do a mitzvah? Neshama. I'm sorry? Neshama. Our neshama, but not just my neshama. All of Klal Yisrael. So there's lots of That's true as well. That's true. But when we're talking about, that's 100% true. But when we're talking about connection, there is thinking about, I am connect- I love Hashem. I want to connect to Hashem. That love is wonderful. It's a little bit selfish. Positive selfish. But it's, I want to be connected to Hashem because I love Him and I realize that's the ultimate thing. So I'll be connected. There's something deeper, though, that's going on. When I'm doing a mitzvah, it's not just me. I'm really representing Klal Yisrael. And the truth is, we say that. When we say before doing a mitzvah, L'Shem Yichud, anyone says this in the Siddur? L'Shem Yichud, Kudsha Brichu Ushchinte. And some people say that before every mitzvah, some people sort of say it in the morning before Baruch Omar, depending on the custom of the person. But everyone says it, anyone who has a Siddur that has any Kabbalistic um, um, connections. Says it. And what we're really saying is like this. Kudsha Brichu is Hashem himself. HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Shechintei is the divine presence in this world. When we do a mitzvah, we're bringing about a connection, a union between Hashem and the divinity of this world, which is all of our souls. <coughs> and every time we do a mitzvah, we're not just connecting ourselves, we're bringing a connection of Hashem with his world. And he says here that out of love for Hashem, my desire behind doing a mitzvah shouldn't only be that I, as a personal person, I'm connecting to Hashem, but to bring Hashem closer to the world, bringing the world closer to Hashem. And then the love is more of a selfless love. It's because that's what Hashem wants. I'm doing it to bring everything and everyone and make the world more of a godly place. That's the basic point he's going to drive home here. Let's read inside. Razal. He says, our masters, our teachers of blessed memory said in Gemara, A person should not take himself out of the cloud. What's the cloud? The, uh, the community, the broader community. Don't just be about yourself. Therefore, a person should have kavana, a person should have the intention to unify and to connect to Hashem, makar nafshei the source of one's soul, umakar nafshei's kol Yisrael, which really is one with the source of all of our souls, because on a soul level, ultimately, we all come from the same place. Shehu ruach piv yisbarich, this is the divine breath, hanikra b'shem shechina, this is what's called shechina, the level of Hashem that rests below, Al shame is called Shekhinah because Sheshochenes umislabeshes Toich kol almin because it rests and it's enclosed within all worlds Lehachyoyson ulekaima to give all the worlds their life, their vitality. So, when I'm doing a mitzvah, how am I connecting? You know, Hashem is the mitzvah. I represent the world. And that's the union that happens every time I do a mitzvah. It's not just Hashem and me. It's Hashem and the world through me. I'm really a representative of the world because I'm part of the world. Right? My chayis, my life, my vitality is from the shechina. It says, V'hi-hi, that shechina is hamashpa'as boy. Koyach ha-dibur hazeh. The power of speech. Shemedaber b'divrei Torah. When I'm speaking, I'm being energized. I'm being energized by the shechina, the divinity of this world. 
or my power of action, so whether I'm speaking words of Torah, whether I'm doing an act of a mitzvah, right now the Shechina, the divinity, the divine energy within this world is performing a mitzvah, is learning Torah. And this oneness, this union that's created, through drawing down the infinite infinite light of Hashem down here, through the involvement of Torah mitzvahs, that Hashem is enclosed within them. So again, I hope I'm not being redundant. The Torah and mitzvahs is Hashem, because it's Hashem's will, it's Hashem's wisdom, that's connecting with the human who's learning and doing the mitzvah. And the human is really the power of the divinity in this world that's energizing him. And he says, the therefore the person's kavona, intention, should be, I'm drawing down Hashem's divinity. I'm the source of his nefesh, and his soul, and the, soul, and the souls of all Jews, to unify them, as this union will be explained later in Tanya in greater length, Ayin Sham Sideh. So that's the addition here. In addition to the basic, I'm connecting to Hashem to see ourselves as something much bigger than ourselves, connecting Hashem to this world as a whole. And you're supposed to have that kavan when you do that, or that's just a byproduct of you doing this? Stuff? No, to have that kavan. No, it's not. Whenever we talk about kavana, it doesn't mean that in the entire time when I'm doing it, I'm thinking, 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 right? When a person is learning, for example, a piece of Gemara, your mind is busy with what you're learning. But before you learn, when you sit down, even for a moment, I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Right? I'm doing, I'm trying to connect to Hashem. I'm trying to connect myself to Hashem. And really, I'm connecting everything to Hashem, bringing Hashem into this world. And that's the basic kavana before I learn Torah, before I do a mitzvah. And really, davening, davening in a sense is really the kavana for the day. Because the davening is the time of the day where for depending on how long a person davens, whether it's 20 minutes or a half hour or an hour or whatever it is, the davening is when I focus on Hashem. And it's at that point that I'm sort of um, setting myself up for the rest of the day of how everything is going to be and that everything should be for the right... But it's fine for Noah Rosen to start fresh from today doing things properly, right? It's fine. It's fine. You want to say it again just in case they didn't... uh... (laughs) He's going to get you back shortly. (laughs) You realize... Um, but, but if you're doing something without, because I, I have a friend that on Shabbos he'll say he'll drink wine instead of Shabbos, so you know, right. like they'll do little things like that. Is that different than you know if I have if I'm the same meal and I'm drinking wine on Shabbos and we know you know Yai the Basar is is he making that connection clear by saying that or doing that? Okay, so very good point. I know there are people who do that. Um, it's not the custom of mo- of most. In Tanya, definitely, he doesn't say to do that. It's not a Chabad custom to do that. But there are those who do. And it's, I guess, to, to, to drive the point home, to remind ourselves more than anything else. Sure. Sometimes saying things, uh, verbalizing it, brings it to our own attention. Like but the concept is the same. To a mason. I'm sorry? To a mason. Once more. When you bring in a bottle of wine and the other one comes out, how does that work? It's like to a mason? To a mason. Oh, to a mason. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm slow. So what about the to so that's the same thing if you do that in Shabbos? Well, Tovah is a special bracha that the Chazal instituted. If one drinks one wine and then you bring out a better wine, you make a Tovah Yeah, It's an interesting halacha. Many people don't know about it. Yeah, even Never if you made hagafen 
and you're drinking wine, it, but there's there's rule, there's uh, conditions to this. But if, if you're drinking wine, there's a few people drinking together, and then they bring a better bottle of wine to the table, then there's a concept of making a new bracha hatova hamitiv. I think they're representing like you, you can't have finished the first one. There's a number of conditions, I don't remember all of them right now, but definitely it's got to be a few people together, and it's got to be one wine, and then a second wine, but there is such a bracha, right? But that's not connected with Shabbos specifically, that's any time. Oh, anytime? Yeah, a total mitzvah has nothing to do with Shabbos. Shabbos. Well, typically it might happen more commonly on Shabbos. You know, typically we're not sitting around drinking wine. But the bracha of a total to my knowledge, is not connected with Shabbos. Okay. Right? Um, I'll, I'll share one very, just quick point about davening. Um, the Gemara says that davening is, um, what was the word I want to say? Ah, is davening a mitzvah one of the 613? Hmm. There's 613 mitzvahs. Is one of the 613 to daven every day? Yes. Okay, do I hear no? I'll say no. All right, I'll say okay. Uh, so, and you're both going to be right. It's a debate. You know, you know, surprise, surprise. But it's a debate from the earliest Rishonim. Rambam, Maimonides, is on your team. He says yes. Uh, Ramban, Nachmanides, is with you. So you both are, you're both, you're both good. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, Shagas Arye, the, the place can talk Isn't about this. Isn't there a whole thing that, that, uh, that Mariv, they're saying Mariv is only there abundant? No, no, no. Mariv is Rishus. Mariv is not a, is, is a, a, initially the way it was made was that it's not mandatory. Uh, That's not Jurassic or Rabban. Both opinions don't argue about that. The point is, normative halacha, sorry about this, is going to follow our. You're good, you're with Ramba. Either way, I win, because it means I'm done. <laughs> 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 so, if so, he's, listen he's to still, it. He's still old because he's so used to it. <laughs> so he won't stop no matter what. There's something deep here. I'm, sent, I'm, sent, I'm, I'm picking up on this. Okay. Um, point is point is the following. The, the question is so, the Alter Rebbe, not in Tanya, one of the other uh, great books of the Alter Rebbe is called the Lukute Torah. And that's on the Parshas of the Week, and it's Chassidus on the Parshas of the Week. In the Torah portion of Bullock, he says an amazing thing. He says, Ramban and most halachic authorities say, davening is not one of the 613. It's a rabbinic mitzvah to daven every day. What mitzvah is that from? Sachem. What mitzvah is what from? That takes you back to Sachem. Why? It just does. I, I paused <laughs> it right there, so I just know. <laughs> Good. I'll figure that out tonight. No problem. <laughs> just fun. Uh, it's great. You're running back into Pesachim now. Likely. I, I don't know why you say that, but that's okay. It's fine. <laughs> Be that as it may, it, I'm, I'm sure you're right. Be that as it may, Alter Rebbe says the following. He says, isn't it strange that davening is not one of the 613? According to Ramban and those authorities, davening is so central to Yiddishkeit. You know, we always daven. The others daven. Most, I mean, we daven. As the Jewish people, we daven to Hashem. Well, ha- is it Karbanis one of the 613? Karbanis is. So isn't, because we can't bring a Karban, davening is there. Okay, but it still doesn't, shouldn't there be a mitzvah just to, just to daven from Hashem, to daven every day, to reach out to Hashem? That's what he asks. And he says a, a, an amazing answer. And the answer is the following. Um, so there are 613 mitzvahs. Right? We all know 613 mitzvahs, the Gemara says. And we also know that the 613 mitzvahs are... Um, correspond to 613 parts of the body, right? Because there's 613, which are split up to 248 positive commandments and 365 negatives. And Chazal say the 248 positive commandments uh, represent the 248 limbs, evarim, limbs. The 365 negatives represent the gidim, gidim of a person. 
Gidim are sinews. usually translated as sinews. Don't ask me what they are. But it's, I guess we have 365 sinews. Right? I used to hear veins, then it was sinews. Okay. Says the Al-Turabi, does anyone know, can anyone count out their 248 limbs? Probably not. Right? But there's a Mishnah in Masechta Ahalos, which is not a tractate that's learned a lot. It's about Taharos and whatever. But there the Mishnah t- breaks it down in the body. How many there are in the hand, how many there are in the arm, how many there are in that part of the torso. The Mishnah really breaks it down. And the Al-Turabi knew the Mishnah and knew exactly what's what. And he says, if you look at the body and you look at the Mishnah, there's one part of our body that's not accounted for. Now the Mishnah gives you 613. But there's one part of the body that's not accounted for. You know what it is? No, his mouth is there. Something. No, you're thinking about the loose bone. That's from Malav Malka. It's a different conversation. Something very central and very great. The spine. The spine is not in there. And the Alter says, how could how could they have forgotten the spine? The spine is so central. It's really a shalom. A person has any type of a blemish, wound in the spine. They're they're you know what's the word uh, plegic? What's the word? Yeah, you know you're paralyzed in all different ways. It's terrible. How could it be that the spine is not counted in the Mishnah as one of the six thirteen? Says the Alter Rebbe, because the spine is not one of the six thirteen. It's the chayis. It's the uh, vitality of all the six thirteen. It's what it brings from the brain to every single part of our body. So it's really the backbone, if you will. It's really the energy and the vitality of the whole body. So the reason why it's not counted as one of the 613 is because saying it's one of the 613 is actually minimizing it. It's not one of the 613. It's the energizer. It's the vehicle of energy, of, of, of life, to all of the 613, says Dr. Rebbe, and that's Dagnan. Just like the spine is to the 613. That it's not one of the 613. It's rather what carries the energy and direction to all the 613. That's what davening is to the 613 Torah mitzvahs. Now, the reason why the Ramban and other authorities rule that davening is not a mitzvah is not because it's less than a mitzvah. It's because that's what inspires and gives chayis, and gives feeling, and gives inspiration, that all the mitzvahs that we do throughout the day are done with the proper kavanah, with the proper feeling, not by rote. And that's the idea that we're learning here, that when we daven is when we awaken those feelings of avas Hashem, and those feelings of yuras Hashem. When we pay attention to our siddur, we, we're talking, the whole thing is about Hashem. And it's about his greatness, and about his love, and about his awesomeness. So the time of davening is when we're awakening our feelings. So now we'll go out in the rest of the day, and we'll, we'll learn Torah, and we'll do mitzvahs, and we'll be honest at work, and we'll do the things we got to do. And we're inspired from the davening in the morning. So davening becomes really the vehicle that gives us all of that hisurus, all that awakening that we need for throughout the rest of the day. And that's how he looks at that spine. And what's fascinating is, there's an interesting Gemara that says, how many brachas are there in Shemona Esrei? That how many brachas are there in Shmona Esrei is like the kids ask, you know, what's the color of George Washington's white horse? The word Shmona Esrei means 18. Now you said 19 because you know that there was one added later, right? right? But initially there was 18. Says the Gemara, why 18? Gemara Masechta Brachas, why 18? So Gemara gives more than one answer, but one answer Gemara says because there's 18 vertebrae to the spine. Next, in the next 60 days it's coming up. Correct. Correct. What day? I don't know. So, <laughs> don't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> so, but the Gemara says that there's 18 blessings in the Shemana Esri because there's 18 vertebrae to the spine. Period. So one will say, so? 
And why couldn't there be ten brachas? Because there's ten fingers, you know, or ten toes. Or why couldn't there be whatever? What's the connection of Shmonasre with the spine? That there's 18 vertebrae of the spine. So, like many times, the Gemara just says a statement and it doesn't explain. It says the Alter Rebbe in the Torah, but I'll tell you, because Tefillah is the spine. Tefillah, Torah Mitzvah, is what the spine is to the body. That's the deeper meaning behind that Gemara that says, why is there 18 brachas? Because there's 18 vertebrae of the spine. Because that's the idea of Tefillah, to energize all the Torah Mitzvahs that we do so that they shouldn't be, by rote, they should be inspired Torah, inspired Mitzvahs with these feelings of Avas Hashem and Yiras Hashem. Okay, we have time for more. What are we holding? Yeah, forty-five. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> the answer to that is always no. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked. Always <laughs> <laughs> one crowd. Right? <laughs> Some crowds have more than one. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, okay. Um, so we're holding here. We're in, in the bottom of the page, sort of where the uh, page splits into two, and we're not going to read. The short, the what's called the haga, the notes on the side. We'll continue here. Now he says like this, and another interesting point, which is okay. So we talk about avas Hashem, love for Hashem. We said there's one love for Hashem. I want to connect to Hashem. I love Hashem. I want to connect by doing Torah mitzvahs. Then there's the other one. I want to connect all of us. I want to connect the whole world to Hashem. Which one is easier to feel? Both yourself. for for Jake both, but for (laughs) others. Myself, right? You know, you're so selfless, you don't even know the difference. But for people who are a little more selfish, uh, nothing. I didn't. <laughs> a positive, we're talking about positive selfishness. I want good things for myself, right? So I want to connect to Hashem and doing Torah That's It comes more natural. To, to have that altruistic, like, I'm doing this to connect the whole world to Hashem and connect the whole mankind to Hashem and everything to Hashem, that's a greater level to feel that. And that's what he um, discusses right now. And he says, the truth is, is, in order for this kavana, for this intention to be true in one's heart, that one's heart should desire in truth, this supernal union, this great union of Hashem and, every, and the world and the Shechina and everything, <coughs> So then, in order for a person to really feel this, you have to have a real strong love for Hashem. To give Him nachas. And here's a big thing. There's two types of love. There's love, I like something because it's good for me. Because it's a good place to be. But then there's love to give the one who I love nachas. Anyone knows the translation for nachas? I've been searching for years. The, the right translation for the word nachas. I guess it doesn't really have one. Pleasure, pride, good feeling. I don't know. I think I told you I was by a dinner, a Hask dinner. They were honoring my an uncle and aunt of mine. And um, they gave him the plaque and they called some comptroller of New York to read them the plaque. And it says, you know, and congratulations, merit, and may you have much nachos from your son. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is no nachas. But, but we know what nachas is. So when I love someone because being with them makes me feel good, that's one type of love. I want to be connected to them. I want to be there. When I love them because I want to give them nachas, it's not about me anymore. I love them because I want to make them happy. And that's the, true, the truest love we should have for someone is not that I should gain out of it, but to give to them, that they should have nachas from me. 
So he says, in order for me to really, for me to think that I want to come close to Hashem, like we said, there is the, the good, I feel good about this. I'm, I'm in the best place in the world. I'm connected to the best thing in the world. But to feel I'm doing it, so Hashem, so the whole world is connected to Hashem, then it's more about what Hashem wants. Hashem wants everyone to be connected to Him and the whole world to become His place. So then it's lasos nachas ruach lefan of levad. My love then is is just selfless to give Him nachas velo liravos nafsho hatzmei la Hashem. It's not just to quench my own thirst. I'm thirsty for Hashem, so it's not just to quench my thirst. Ella, <clears throat> then it's kibra like a child. This is Aramaic again. He's floating into Aramaic. This is all her language. Like a child, the child who tries to do everything for the father and mother, because he loves them, more even than his own self. That's the truest form of love. So even though that's a pretty high level of love, as written earlier in the name of, the, of a section of the Zohar, Mikal makom, nevertheless. So even though it's really high, so a person can say, you know, I can't feel that. I can feel that I want to connect to Hashem. I can't feel that I'm doing the mitzvah for the whole world. Nevertheless, yesh lechol adam Every person should try to lahargilatzmo, to accustom themselves to thinking this as well. As in addition to the natural, I want to connect to Hashem, to get used to thinking not only about me, what can I do for Hashem? Even if it's not 100% true, the libo in my heart, even though I don't, I'm really not at that madrig, I'm not at that level that I truly want this with all my heart, nevertheless, a little bit, for sure, a little bit, every it has in their heart, there's some truth to that feeling. Because of the natural love there is in the heart of every Jew, we do have a natural feeling of just like a love for a parent. I want to make him happy. The Yichud and this union created between Hashem and the world, who This is what Hashem really wants. Hashem really wants that all of us be connected to Him. That this entire world should be connected to Him. So though it's not about me so much, being that Hashem really wants that, to some degree that's the want of every Yid. And that's why he says, okay, you don't feel it fully, just work on it. You know, a lot of times we're told, it's like you tell a child, you got to develop a taste for this. You know, certain things you don't have to develop a taste for. Whenever you tell someone you got to develop a taste, it's probably not chocolate. right? Because the chocolate, you, don't have to, you like it. Certain things you have to work on. But you can get there. And the same is with this. The love for Hashem, because it's good for me, is, is easy. Or easier. But the love for this, you know, this connect to everyone is harder, says the Rabbi, yeah, but we have to accustom ourselves to it because there's some truth to it. He says, This is the great union that happens in Atsilus, which is the, the highest of the spiritual worlds. Which happens through the awakening down here. Al yidei yichud nefesh olokis, through the union of our godly soul, v'iskalulusa ba'ir Hashem, and we become included within the light of Hashem, hamalubish b'teira mitzvus that's enclosed in teira mitzvus sheisakes the hand that we involve ourselves in, v'hoyu la'achod imamish to become one, we become one with the mitzvus that we do, with the teira that we learn. Kamoshin Esbaralil as explained earlier.
Because through our study Torah and our doing mitzvahs, misyachdim gamkein, this unifies also makar ha-Torah mitzvahs the source of the Torah mitzvahs, Shua Kaddish Baruch which is Hashem Himself, imakar nafsha elokis, with the source of our godly soul, ha-Nikra b'Shem Shechina, which is the Shechina, shehein b'Chinas memalei kolalman, b'Chinas seiviv kolalman, in Kabbalistic terms, this is the level of Hashem that fills all worlds versus the level of Hashem that transcends all worlds, as these things are explained elsewhere. So basically, in short, he's saying, yes, I don't feel it fully. I have to think about it, recognize this is what Hashem really wants. Hashem is looking for that union of the highest level of Hashem with that level of godliness in this world, which is us, which is the world as a whole. Ultimately, every time we say a bracha, we say, Baruch Atah Hashem. The word Baruch means blessed. It also means to be drawn down. So, you Hashem, Elokeinu, our God, Melech Olam. We draw that into the entire world. Because our mission is to bring godliness into this entire world. So, so therefore he says, it might not be as easy to feel that, but we have to think about that as well, recognize this is Hashem's true Ratzin, and that should be our Kavana as well when we do the mitzvahs. So, this is another two, three lines here. He says, so that's a harder Kavana to come by, to really feel that. But the first level of kavanah to connect Hashem to me, to, that's that should be easy for a yid to think about Hashem, think about that's what I love and I want to connect to Torah mitzvahs. And that's what he says here. Aval yichud but the union of one's own soul, bar Hashem, and the ability that we have to include ourselves within the light of Hashem, liyos lachadim to become one. That's the desire of every yid totally. With our entire heart, with our entire soul, out of the natural love, hidden within the heart of every Jew, to connect to Hashem, not to be disconnected, cut off, heaven forbid, from the oneness of Hashem, under no circumstance, even when Mesiras Nefesh was necessary. And then we know the story of our of our history, that the Jewish people en masse were, were, ready, were ready and willing to give their life if necessary. Chas Hashem, we don't look for it, but not to be cut off from Hashem. So he says, that's a natural. That's natural. That's not something that we have to get accustomed to. That we just have to think about when we daven, and, alt- and we should have that feeling right away. So therefore, we'll conclude here for now. What we learned tonight is about the importance of Yiras Hashem, the importance of Ahavas Hashem, the two types of Ahavas Hashem. The, the Avad says, I want to connect. The Avad says, I want to connect everything to Hashem. And now even the higher level is something that we should have in our mind as well because it might not be as natural and it's not, we don't feel it fully, but it's something that we have to work on because the, a little bit of it is there because ultimately we all want to give Nachas to Hashem and that's what Hashem ultimately wants. And these feelings should accompany or at least should precede the Torah and mitzvahs that we do, which gives them the feeling and the enthusiasm and the inspiration and make them live Torah mitzvahs that soar heavenward, as he explained. Amen. And um, we'll continue from here. Are we on next week? What's, uh, what's this? Uh, yeah, I'm going on a